Today, I'll be talking about a television murder mystery series that's had a sporadic ongoing run for well over 32 years. It often offered elaborate, ingenious, and sometimes ridiculous crimes. It was a murder mystery series that focused more on the characters, more so than the crime itself. The main character was someone you honestly wouldn't expect. In a time where young, dashing heroes were everywhere, here came along an older man, fluffy messed up hair, a wrinkled trench coat, a sometimes overbearing cigar, and a habit of asking suspects just one more thing. His appearance was disheveled, but his mind was sharp as a knife. Today, I'll be talking about Columbo. I'm John Carlo Danubio, and this is the Nostalgic Journal, a podcast dedicated to looking back at some of the things that I've enjoyed in my youth and trying to figure out why. Murder mysteries have been around almost as long as writers have been around themselves. Since the early 19th century, we were graced with stories written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Agatha Christie, Maurice LeBlanc, H.C. Bailey, and more. These days, there's certainly no shortage of novels, short stories, TV shows, or movies that touch on the ever-classic genre of mystery, murder or otherwise. But it's undeniable that every era, well, every generation of writers have a unique feel to them. I mean, if you pick up a novel by G.K. Chesterton and compared it to a novel by James Patterson, well, you're most likely going to be able to tell which one's older. Yeah, G.K. Chesterton being the older one, in case you don't know either of them. Columbo starred the immortal Peter Falk. It was a crime drama that first aired on NBC as two standalone pilots back in 1971. It was so well received that it got approved for a full season, eventually leading to seven. When ABC then acquired the rights for the series, it aired two more seasons and began producing TV movie specials every now and then up until 2003. Unlike most, if not all, television shows, Columbo actually didn't have a theme song. The show would actually just open with a cold open with the title, Peter Falk is Columbo. And the show would just start off the bat. The closest thing to a theme song the show ever got was a reoccurring background melody that was used in almost every single episode of the show's run. It typically sung or whistled by Columbo himself, or sometimes in the background by the music playing. It was just the melody, This Old Man. You know, this old man, he plays one. You know, Columbo, I think possibly I may have misread you. Possible, sir. Possible. Let's go, sir.
The show also strayed away from the standard whodunit formula that usually encompassed detective mysteries. Instead of having the audience find out who did it, along with the detective, the audience were shown the circumstances that led up to the murder, who did it, how it happened, and how the murder covered it up. It was often referred to as a how catch him instead of a whodunit. So, what's the big deal then? Why would anyone want to watch a murder mystery show if the mystery's pretty much given up at the beginning? Well, the sole reason lies within the titular character himself. Columbo is a police lieutenant for the Los Angeles Police Department. He works in homicide. However, you really wouldn't be able to tell just by looking at him. On the surface, Columbo is a disheveled, unorganized mess. He's a bit of a scatterbrain at times, and even so much as to forget his badge when responding to a crime scene. Gee, I forgot my jacket. That means I forgot my badge. I was dead asleep. I got here as fast as I could. They're upstairs, Lieutenant. In most shows and stories, the main characters arrive ready to tackle whatever mystery is at hand. Columbo, however, often arrives tired, slightly frazzled, and even sick. Hey, you look tired. I am. My wife's not feeling too good. Uh, stomach trouble or something. She'll be all right. In the meantime, I'm dead. I was up half the night. Did I ask you for coffee? Yeah. I mean, heck, sometimes civilians and even members of the police force don't realize who he is until he presents his badge. Hey, mister. Didn't you see me signaling? I'm a cop here. Right, you're a cop. Now look, can you back this up and move it down the hill? Officer, with the rest you of don't traffic? understand. I'm trying to understand. Look, Lieutenant, in. don't worry about your car. The officer will move it for you. Officer, right now. Lieutenant? What are you doing with that thing on your roof? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to work it. Those things are for cops, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm a cop. Oh, you're a cop. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hi. Says he's a cop. Yeah, he's a cop. Yeah, I've been on the force 22 years. Been on the force for 22 years. 22 years, huh? Yeah, believe it or not, I never had a chance to work this thing before. And that's what's so endearing about him. I mean, he's not the perfect defender of justice with broad shoulders, a chiseled chin, and a demeanor that can do no wrong. No, he he's a short, standing about five foot six, disorganized mess with dozens of flaws and phobias. I mean, he suffers from periodic colds, tooth problems, he's prone to seasickness, he has a fear of heights, fear of flying, a fear of swimming, squeamish around blood even though he's a homicide detective, he gets queasy around illness in general, and even has the utmost aversion to firearms. Yep, that's right, Columbo, one of the most iconic fictional detectives in modern history, who actually works for the police department, mind you, hates guns. It's evident that he never carries a gun for nearly the entire show's existence. The few instances he does carry a gun is, for example, when he's forced to take one on the TV special Undercover, where he goes, well, undercover. Burglar or you have to go undercover. Who's going to do it? You? No. Him. You? Yeah. You. And he doesn't even have to change clothes. Yeah. You have to move out of your house, get a cheap room. Never come here, set up a drop with Brown. You will have to change clothes. I look forward to it. 
and you have to carry a gun. I don't need no gun. You carry it or you don't go. Okay. And in the season four episode, Playback, where he fires another officer's gun in a demonstration, obviously uncomfortable about the entire thing. May I have the gun? Is this loaded? It's loaded, Lieutenant. Is the safety catch on or off? On. Would you take it off? Hate guns. However, his aversion to guns even jeopardizes his job once. For the entirety of Season five's episode, Forgotten Lady, he's chased down by a police sergeant and a police lieutenant who try to remind him that he has to take the mandatory firearms test. A test that he somehow avoided for 10 years! Um, I work in the computer section, and the computer says that you haven't been to the pistol range in five years. Five years? Oh, it couldn't be that long. You are aware, Lieutenant, that you're required to meet a shooting standard every six months? Yes, of course, on the test range. Well, the computer must have gone haywire. You better check the records. <laughs> Lieutenant, the computer seldom errs. Well, I'm sure it doesn't, but in this case, the records must be misplaced. You know a Sergeant Lefkowitz? Sergeant Lefkowitz? Oh, the lady with the computer? Yes. You've been giving her the runaround. Me? No. No, I explained to her that my records regard to my going to pistol practice got loused up in the computer. You were right about that. The readout said you hadn't fired in five years. She double-checked it. It was ten. Gee, you gotta be kidding. You better get out to that range right away. Gee, I can't go now. I gotta go someplace. Colombo, you could be suspended. But I don't have a gun. What do you mean? It's downtown. You could get busted for that, too. All right, make it tomorrow. But make it. You be there. Absolutely, I'll be there tomorrow. He, of course, doesn't, which leads to an investigator from Internal Affairs to track him down and give him an ultimatum. Either he does the test, or he gets his badge taken away. Colombo eventually obliges. Well, sort of. He actually pays another police sergeant to take it for him. I want you to do me a favor. It's my day off. Here's my badge. Go down to the pistol range. Take my test for me. That's against the rules. Never know the difference. It's $5 for your trouble. You're bribing me, Lieutenant. I can't hit the target. You gotta give me a break. You owe me one, Colombo. Beneath all that, Colombo has a rather sharp mind. He's also relentless and surprisingly dedicated to his job. This serves as an advantage since most characters see him as a bumbling and rather frazzled police lieutenant that's fascinated by any shiny thing in the room and who relishes in any opportunity to tell countless tales of his beloved wife. A wife, by the way, who's never seen in the entire show's existence. Why would they ever need to worry? Why indeed. It eventually becomes a battle of the wits, as it becomes obvious that Columbo is zeroing in on the murderer. Something doesn't fit. The murder weapon, the victim's circumstance, the motive. As Columbo investigates the case, there's a lingering feeling that he has. Something doesn't add up. Something is bothering him. You know, that's funny too. Not at all. There isn't a painting in this entire exhibit that's worth under 50000 no, I mean that out there, somebody picked a burn bomb first. Then when your uncle interfered. Then when he went to his desk and took out a gun. Then when he was killed. In the middle of all that, then the thief suddenly got smart. 
and he took two of the most valuable paintings in the house and he ran. Yes, that does seem a bit inconsistent, doesn't it? Columbo starts to visit the suspect more. He appears at the suspect's place of employment, their place of leisure, their home. However, he's not there to grill the suspect or to accuse them of anything. In his scruffy, lovable demeanor, he's there simply to ask a few questions. Columbo even bounces off a few theories off the suspect, sometimes suggesting the exact circumstances of the murder. The suspect typically takes this opportunity to throw Columbo off their trail, suggesting other solutions that would seem very plausible to most, but not Columbo. The lieutenant would often agree with the suggestions put forward by the suspects, but insists that there's something amiss. Something was bothering him. And that something was the lack of truth. There are no car chases, no gunfights, no fistfights, nothing like that. The climax of Columbo is, ironically enough, more dramatic than it is climactic. You see, Columbo doesn't shout, you're under arrest, or anything like that. Columbo simply explains how the suspect story doesn't add up. How all of the misleading clues that were left for him to point in another direction ultimately points to the real suspect. On some occasions, Columbo matches wits with some suspects that happen to be more clever than the average murderer. A prime example is Season 2's episode, A Stitch in Crime. It guest-starred Leonard Nimoy, who plays Dr. Barry Mayfield. He always seems to be a step ahead of Columbo in every conceivable sense. In fact, he blatantly laughs at Columbo's theory that seems to implicate him as the murderer. Now, normally Columbo wouldn't mind that at all. I mean, he's been looked at strangely and considered a peculiar character for most of his life. However, it's the fact that not only is Dr. Mayfield laughing at him as a taunt, but Columbo strongly believes that the good doctor plans to murder again. He slams a desktop statue onto Dr. Mayfield's desk and openly confronts him about what he suspects. He is having none of his ridicule. What's so funny? <laughs> Excuse me, Lieutenant. I had to play it as though you were serious. <laughs> You don't really believe all those foolish things you say, do you? <laughs> I believe you killed Sharon Martin, and I believe you're trying to kill Dr. Heidemann. Lieutenant Columbo, you're remarkable. You have intelligence, you have perception, you have great tenacity. You've got everything except proof. I want you to take good care of Dr. Heidemann because if he dies, we're going to have to have an autopsy, aren't we? I mean, we're going to have to know whether a heart attack killed him or whether it was just dissolving suture. However, as much as I love the series, I have to admit, there are a few things that may end up being a little problematic for more modern viewers. One of the biggest problems is, well, the pacing. Any given Columbo episode is essentially laid out like a classic murder mystery. Now, when I say classic, I'm talking 1930s mystery novel kind of classic. The novels back then put a lot more emphasis on not only establishing the case and the world, but also the main character, the suspect, the bystanders, those affected by the murder, and even minor characters. 
Agatha Christie's The Clocks, originally published in 1963, is a perfect example of this kind of writing. The point of view isn't solely on the main character, but on various other characters whom take part in solving the case. This, of course, leads to the problem I was alluding to before, pacing. Columbo is a show that takes its time establishing everything, from what leads to the murder, to the solving of the murder, to everything in between. You get to see the story from many points of view. The detective, the murderer, the characters involved in the victim's life, everybody. On top of that, you get to see how Columbo pieces things together. When something bothers him, he says what it is. Either to himself, a colleague, or <laughs> even the murderer. At the same time, he allows the viewer to get a sense of where he's at, so that the viewer, if they feel so inclined, can come to their own conclusion too. When it boils down to it, Columbo was a show that explored its characters more so than the crime itself. You're shown how the murderer covers their tracks, how the victim's friends and family deal with their loss, how Columbo meticulously follows every shred of possible evidence to make sure that one truth prevails. Well, actually, uh, excuse me. I, I think that's actually a direct line from Case Closed. <laughs> it's a brilliant Japanese anime, by the way. It deals with murder mysteries, too. You should totally check it out. Anywho, my point is that this show is very methodical. You go through every step with Columbo in his investigation. And, well, modern audiences, especially those who watch crime dramas in the now-then days, are more used to things going at a more faster particular pace. The investigations for most of these shows are usually padded with high-tech analyses, technobabble action scenes, and a typically loud and violent confrontation with the murderer or culprit and... Well, for Columbo, the padding consists of small bits of comedy that can be anything from not knowing how to use a strobe light in his 1959 Peugeot convertible. What's the problem? No, no, oh, no problem. Uh, officer, I'm with the force, Lieutenant Columbo. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. Yeah, that bubble, uh, where do you connect those things? You plug that in your cigarette lighter, Lieutenant. Oh, the cigarette lighter. Cigarette lighter doesn't work. To talking about his wife. Try uh, stretching out on it. It's a, it's a waterbed. You know, I've never tried one of these. My wife, that's Mrs. Colombo, she tried to get me interested. Well, how do you like it? Well, to tell you the truth, sir, it feels all swimming. Makes me wonder what Mrs. Colombo had in mind. And in many cases, <laughs> talking to his wife. Hello. What are you doing up? You know what time it is? It's, um... Does anybody have the time? It's 6.30. It's 6.30. I'm not yelling. The show has a surprising amount of lightheartedness, given the subject matter being murder. This is something that began to grow as a trend around that time. It's a style that's featured prominently in other mystery shows I loved as a kid, and I still do. Shows namely like Murder, She Wrote, Diagnosis Murder, and Matlock. More recently, shows like Psych, Monk, Boston Legal, Castle, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine are just some of the other shows that are of the more now-than-days that use a very similar formula 
that just use lightheartedness and comedy mixed with drama and mystery-slash-crime-solving. Ultimately, when Columbo closes a case, he simply states the facts, backing up his long-harbored suspicions with physical evidence, and finally declaring that the murder is under arrest. Would you further concede that if this bullet proves to be from the same gun that killed Harry Stone, that the same hand fired both shots? Yes. Then all that remains for you is to dig the bullet out of the wall and take it to ballistics for a comparison. No, sir. I've already dug the bullet out of the wall. And ballistics has already verified that it came from the same gun. You see, sir, this afternoon when you told Sergeant Vernon that you were going to come in here to make some private telephone calls, I was over there in the press room. Now, this room is 6.15 and the press room is 6.16. When you call from here, it lights up over there because you installed that special three-way rotary system. So I kept watching the phone for 6.15 to light up. Yeah, it's lit up now, you see that? I kept waiting for that button to light up. Never lit up. I didn't know what the hell you were doing here. I knew you weren't making a call. And I confess I got curious. And when you and your wife, when you went to vote, I took advantage of that opportunity to come in here and look around. And I found that bullet hole in the glass door and that took me to the wall. I dug this bullet out of that wall three hours before you said that somebody fired it at you three minutes ago. Colombo doesn't yell. He doesn't fist fight with the criminal and handcuffs him after physically subduing him. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Allergies had him on the ropes on several episodes. Despite all of his flaws, Colombo is a very smart and surprisingly witty character. He's endearing because he's a wrinkly, disheveled mess who loves his job loves his wife, and even loves his pet basset hound that he simply named Dog. Yes, the entire series, he, it's, it's just called Dog. That's its name. <laughs> but, what's, but what best describes Columbo's character is actually his own words. From one of my favorite episodes, the Bye Bye Sky High IQ Murder Case. You know, sir, it's a funny thing. All my life, I kept running into smart people. I don't just mean smart like you and the people in this house. You know what I mean. In school, there were lots of smarter kids. And when I first joined the force, sir, they had some very clever people there. And I could tell right away that it wasn't going to be easy making detectives as long as they were around. But I figured that if I worked harder than they did, put in more time, read the books, kept my eyes open, maybe I could make it happen. And I did. And I really love my work, sir. In any case, thanks to Peter Fox brilliant and timeless performance, 
Columbo will always be one of the most famous fictional detectives of all time. But hey, that's just another entry in my nostalgic journal. You know, Rebecca, my wife, she always hums one tune when she's cleaning the house, and it's always the same. If you could teach me a few notes on this thing, maybe I could borrow it, and I could play it for her on her next birthday. She'd really like that. Well, can you remember what it is? Da, 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 ba, ba, ba. He played knick-knack oh, on that. my knee. Well, that's simple. Boo da boo da boo. That's it. He played knick-knack. Okay, show me just the simple notes. Okay, right here. Da, da, da. If you have any suggestions on what I should cover on my next episode, or have any input whatsoever, drop it in a review on iTunes. You can also drop me a line on my Twitter, at Nickabocker. That's at N-I-C-K-A-B-O-C-K-E-R. The Nostalgic Journal's theme song is by Hugo Kant. This has been a production of Grandstand Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>